What is the role of venture capital in today's information security marketplace? Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing this topic today with Alberto Yepes. He's the Managing Director of Trident Capital, a venture capital firm. Alberto, thank you so much for joining me today. Tom, thanks thanks for the opportunity. Well, Alberto, it's certainly an interesting time in the security marketplace. We're seeing lots of growth, and the growth is in response to the evolving threat landscape. Give us a sense, please. What is the role of venture capital in a marketplace like we're seeing today? Having been in both sides of the equation, being an entrepreneur looking for venture capital and now being in the venture capital side, you know, I believe venture capital, it provides the partners with the entrepreneur to build global businesses and really helps in a lot of different aspects of fostering innovation, creating that differentiated technology, building the right team, helping them build the board with executives that can help them enter into specific markets and also helping them acquire their first uh, customers. Let me give you a good example. When it comes to helping boards, you know, we have relationships with many former government executives that have made a big difference. For instance, Howard Smith, he was the former cybersecurity advisor to Obama, and also before then, he also was the cyber czar with the Bush administration, is someone that has been working with us, not only helping us block what type of, of investments should we be making, but also helping us think through how do we best service the government community. We have General Peter Pace, who was former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It really brings a lot of credibility to our companies when we're trying to service or trying to get into some of the DOD or, or the intelligence community. So we've been very, very fortunate to surround ourselves with very, very experienced operational executives as well as government officials that can help our entrepreneurs get into specific market opportunities. I believe, you know, our role doesn't stop in just providing them the money and keeping a score. What I mean by keeping a score is there's a number of venture firms that in the past always come in and they always look at the financial performance. We look at the financial performance as an indicator of growth and need to help other entrepreneurs. So we take it very serious by creating an ecosystem of buyers. So we have a group of global chief security officers in for financial institutions, from healthcare companies, from government. They provide us guidance and help us be better investors. We also have a lot of relationships with the large companies that can proved to be very good go-to-market partners for our companies. And that entrepreneur gets uh, introductions to help them build their business, validate their ideas first, get their first customers, help design the product, help deploy the product, get the feedback, and eventually, you know, drive the go-to-market partnerships with the likes of new great platform companies and global SIs. Alberto, it strikes me that three years ago we were in a time of economic uncertainty. And now we're in a time of security uncertainty with the ever-evolving threat landscape. Why then is now a particularly good time to invest in the security market? What is going on today is the awareness level has risen. I think it's always been a very good time to invest in security. Trident has a track record of investing in security since 1999. One of the good examples of the company was Qualys that we built creating a platform for building security and using the cloud as delivery services. But let me tell you why specifically now is a great time to be investing in security. So we call it the perfect storm. We believe that innovation 
insecurity doesn't happen in the lab. Innovation insecurities happen because there's shifts in technology, shifts in platform. And in the past, we've seen these platform shifts happen in serial. As we move from a centralized environment with a mainframe to client server, you created certain white spaces or vulnerabilities between the client, the server, the network, and great companies got built in, in the client side to address antivirus, Symantec, the McAfee's of the world, the trade micros of the world, and the network level using checkpoint trying to address the issues with firewalls, etc. So as we've seen these shifts of platforms, this time we have the, what we call the perfect storm because we have four major platform shifts happening at once. We have virtualization. Everybody's trying to use virtualization as a way to transform the data centers and be more efficient. We have the cloud as a delivery mechanism for people to consume information, consume services. We have mobility, which is effectively bringing the consumerization of enterprise, and we also have social media, social networks. So these four shifts are creating new threat vectors, new vulnerabilities. And if you look at the CISO of the person responsible for information security in a company, they're trying to keep the perimeter secure. They're trying to keep their information secure. And now they have to deal with four different vectors that are new, and they have to deal with how to protect them. So number one is because of the platform shifts. Number two is you're beginning to see the level of awareness in the role of government that is beginning to play. And short it, for the longest time, our intellectual property has been compromised. And we've been losing customer data, technology, or trade secrets. And I think it's finally come. There. I think there was a great doing by Mandian and Kevin Mandian's team to be able to publish their report on how we are being attacked, and the attack is serious, and it's well-funded, it's very sophisticated, and enterprises are being challenged to defend but also protect intellectual property. And so we believe that the level of awareness in the threat vector has become more sophisticated than ever and is well-funded and state-sponsored. But besides technology and looking at the threat vector, we also look at the regulatory environment, and we see a lot of discussion in Washington, and not Washington, governments around the world, of what is the role of government to protecting privacy, to, for protecting critical infrastructure. I was very, very encouraged to see President Obama yesterday hosting the 13 CEOs of large corporations to talk about cybersecurity and the fact that it's okay to have an issue and hate to have been breached, but the, the big question is what should we be doing about it? So to summarize, you look at the perfect storm going on technology transformation, you see the threat vector becoming more sophisticated, you see a regulatory environment that is actually becoming more heightened awareness. And you also see the, the large corporations that were the innovators in security or they were the leaders in security, they have not done much in innovation. Therefore, investing in security, investing in, in the role of venture capital is to create these new platform companies that eventually are going to help solve the problems that we're facing as a nation, we're facing as, as businesses, and we're facing as individuals. Alberto, a few moments ago, you spoke about the diversity of your own portfolio, and I see that within Trident Capital's investments, you've got recognizable companies such as Arxan, Hytrust, Qualys, Voltage Security. When you look at all of the different options that you have that you can invest in, what are some of the different qualities that you discern in the winners versus the losers? I would say in venture capital and technology and having been, again, an entrepreneur as well as, you know, working with a very good 
team at Trident that there's a blend of financial investors and understanding, you know, financial engineering and operations. See, the way we look at investing in security is, first of all, we say, okay, we are in, in this business to solve big problems with a global scope. We are here to do build global businesses. And so what is the criteria to identify these companies? Number one, is there a large market opportunity? Is it a regional play? Is it a global play? And is it addressing a very specific problem of a block? We first look at the market opportunity and we try to get convinced that what we're going to be investing in has an opportunity to disrupt, to change, to help a big problem. The second one is we look at how disruptive the technology, the approach, the solution that the team is bringing about. Now, obviously, intellectual property is the core of venture-backed companies, and therefore we spend a lot of time not only validating what they're telling us, not necessarily just by, by making assumptions, but what we do is we use our extensive network. I told you that we have a very extensive network of chief security officers that really welcome the opportunity to work closely with us. And when we see an interesting solution, we give them a call and says, look, uh, do you have a problem in this area? Yes. How are you solving it? Well, we're trying to build it ourselves. We don't have any commercial of the self technology. Would you like to see a company that we think has the solution? And then we, we encourage them to have that initial meeting. So large market opportunity, disruptive technology, validated by customer demands. The, and the third one is we go to the typical companies that will make a startup successful. We go to the system integrators that will probably be the ones deploying the solution. We go to the existing platform companies that drive some of the decisions, have the existing customer base that we would actually leverage from a go-to-market strategy. And so we try to work with them and saying, you know, if we were to invest in a company like this, are we going to be adding to your roadmap? Are you trying to solve the problem already? And if not, then let me introduce you to an innovative company solving this, this problem that is relevant to your current platform, and let's figure out if, if after we invest, we can have a go-to-market strategy that can help the company scale. The fourth area that we look is the team. Everybody says location, location, location is the team, the team, the team. The people that are creating the value, the team that has the passion to solve the problem, but also this is where we begin adding value, where we can get the entrepreneurs partner with uh, experienced executives that have maybe done the same thing and help build not only executive team, but ecosystem with a relationship with customers and, and partners. And then the final aspect of looking at the criteria investment is who have they been their, their co-investors? Or were, was, did this come out of the, you know, Incutel, for instance, is, a, is one of our partners. We, we do a lot of co-investments with Incutel is the CIA's venture capital arm, and, and they always find some very interesting problems to solve and, and great companies. So if it's an Incutel invested company, we have a lot more, I guess, confidence that we're trying to solve the problems that are going to be hitting us in the next three to five years just because of the sheer amount of data and coverage that we have to provide for our intelligence community. So we, we look at the investors. It strikes me when you talk about your global network that you were so plugged into organizations, both mature and very young. With these contacts that you have and the context that you have, what are some of the global security trends that you're seeing right now, and even some that might be specific to some of the regions of the world that you deal with? You know, it, it's it's great question because you know, all the emerging economies are getting an opportunity to take 
a bigger leap on technology. They're not having to deal with legacy. You know, Latin America, Asia Pacific, they're able to have perhaps a much bigger footprint in mobility and a much bigger opportunity to leverage the cloud because they don't have any existing infrastructure that they have to migrate from or try to deal with and or integrate with. So what we're seeing is not only a different type of threat because if there's the mobility and interaction with business is more driven from a mobile device and actually leveraging cloud services or managed services or hosted services, whatever you want to call it, I think we see different classes of threat vectors, but also we see a very interesting and intriguing solutions on how to solve the problem. Let me give you a very specific example. Two, three years ago, we, we came across a company in Madrid, Spain. The company, whose name is Alien Bolt. It's, it's one of our portfolio companies. But it was a team that was trying to solve the problem of how do I integrate all these different security solutions that are all disparate and, and not integrated and bring them all together. So they had this open source project called OSIN, Open Source Security Information Management. And, you know, very little venture money that have been able to assemble like 20,000 customers or, or downloads of people using their technology. And we say, wow, this is very interesting. They're solving the problem that a lot of our companies here in the United States are trying to figure out how do I integrate all these different solutions to create this single pane of glass. And here we're, we're in Madrid looking at a company that already had that solution. So what we did is we partnered with entrepreneur Julio Casal and, and Dominic Hart, and we convinced them that, you know, the best way to become a global business rather than a regional business was to bring the company to the Silicon Valley. And then we invested in the company. We brought in a team that they, to, together, not, not tried in, but together with them, we selected a team of experienced professionals from, from HP and, and some successful security companies and, and put a team that was, you know, very motivated to make an impact in the global f- footprint. Shortly after our investment, which was only two years ago, we had, last year, we got a follow-on investment from Tyler Perkins and Sigma Partners, which is, are companies that we work with all the time, and we raised another $22 million round. And, and so it's a company that's now primed to succeed in, in solving a real problem, a global problem. If it wouldn't have been an emerging economy where they are more sensitive to value, sensitive to price, not having to deal with legacy and having to deal with the new model of computing, I guess we wouldn't have been able to be fortunate to be able to create a, a great business. Alien Ball is a great target right now because probably one of the, the, the next generation security platforms in, in the marketplace. And, you know, the amount of momentum that we built because of the open source community, created an open threat exchange where people are un- anonymized, their, the threats are going and are willing to share that among the community very much in tune with what Washington is encouraging to exchange information. They already have that with the community. Now it's north of, you know, I guess 200,000 people using OSIM and, and the commercial product as well. So it's a very good example to seeing that innovation doesn't necessarily just happen here. Emerging economies around the world also face the same problems or slightly different threats, but they, they have creative solutions. And I think the role of venture capital is indeed to partner with entrepreneurs to build these companies. And we're very proud here at Trident that we don't necessarily just invest in companies in Silicon Valley. We're willing to take the flights to, to Madrid, to Toronto, to be able to fund our company. So we're very fortunate to have found a number of uh, entrepreneurs that have the passion to solve the real problems.
Now, Berta, one of the things that struck me when you and I first met was you talked about your experience with Apple Computer back in the 90s. And the statement yep. that you said that stuck with me was, we had the better technology, but we lost. And I came away thinking, that really gives you a unique perspective on this business. With that perspective and with your experience, what advice do you offer today to someone at an emerging startup that wants to prove themselves in this marketplace? You know, that's very dear and close to my heart because I, I was at Apple during the golden years and now it's a renaissance. I guess the the best technology not always wins. You always have to have the customer validating, especially if you're an entrepreneur trying to bet your your livelihood, your your professional career on something that you believe in value you're creating. The quickest you can get your technology to be touched by customer, the better you will be off because you will find scenarios where you never thought out that your technology will be used and they need to be integrated with other places. And therefore, also, you will find areas where you probably wouldn't have thought about to be able to create the additional value. So I would say that the sooner you could get customers touching your technology more in, in, in a partnership, become design partners, so that they can help you shape up your offering. So do that, create technology and customer advisory boards so they can help you with a the roadmap. They also will become your biggest advocates because as they decide to use your technology, they'll be the ones providing the references. So I guess I would say, you know, innovation without solving real problems in a global scale doesn't go anywhere. So therefore, really focus on the customer. Even Apple, you know, they're focused on the customer, the user experience, and so on. Now, we lost it when when Steve left, but, uh, you know, now, you know, you can see the renaissance. So I bring that analogy, always the, make the customer the center of design and, and try to bring that, that level of validation sooner rather than later. The other thing is the biggest blind spot of entrepreneurs when I was uh, one of them as well was the, the ecosystem you need to create. You cannot just go and deploy and send an engineer with your solution. It has to be easy to deploy, easy to commercialize. You have to have the partners that are going to help you get there. And a final question for you. There are certainly a number of people that have got many years in the information security field, and they may want to make a career change. As someone who has made the move, what advice would you offer to somebody that wants to shift into a career in venture capital? You know, I think we all come from a very different perspective. The value of Trident and the reason I decided to work with Trident is they were a board member. They were an investor in my last company. They were so thoughtful. They brought the ecosystem. They brought the advice of a former operating partner, but also they have the sophistication of the financial engineering to be able to do that. So depending whether you're coming from the operating background, background, the financial background, look to not only make sure that you're good at what you do, but also try to look for a team, a group of people that bring together a blend of skills that can actually make the investments successful. So I would say some of the very tactical things that you could explore as venture firms often try to to look for EIRs, entrepreneur in residence, that people that have either exited from a company because the company got acquired, they want to be able to sit down and help us guide our investment strategy. Look for roles of EIRs. Look at look at roles of venture partners and try to not form me that opportunity before I went into becoming venture capitalist. I, I started working with them as entrepreneur and resident venture partner and I was very, very impressed with the teamwork, the skill the blend of skills required to be successful. Because just having operating background, yes, will help us build businesses, but you need 
be sophisticated enough to be able to have the right financial engineering and use financing as a strategic asset to be able to build global businesses. So I think it's, 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 it's a combination of things, and I think the opportunity is such that I would say that more and more the successful venture capital firms be teams that have operating backgrounds and financial engineering backgrounds that can bring together uh, not only those skills, but also the relationships. I, I would say, you know, we looked at someone potentially become an EIR is how successful they've been in what they've done, but also what relationships can they bring about to source deals, to be able to close those deals and to add value to those deals. They eventually, our EIRs don't often become just venture capitals, become board members, become executives in the companies that, that, that we co-invest. So I would say it's a very interesting opportunity to work with individuals that have been successful in their own right, and you know that your contribution is just one element of what makes a place unique. And I'm, I'm very fortunate and happy to be here at Trident because uh, I think I get a lot of support from my partners that have been doing this for 20 years. I'm, I just I come from an operating background, and I, I'm trying to set my mark and, and, and been, been here only for the last four years, but as a full-blown partner in the last three. So anyway, I, I think that's the very tactical advice of how someone can jump into venture capital. Alberto, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. The topic has been the role of venture capital and information security. I've been talking with Alberto Yepes, who's the Managing Director with Trident Capital. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.